Four Steps to Starting Your Podcast on Spreaker, Plays versus Downloads on Spreaker. We're going to talk about that topic, getting your show podcasts into iHeartRadio. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 134 for November 8th, 2017. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of partnerships at Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio. Um, so it's great to have you listening with us today, and thanks for downloading us and uh, or just clicking play somewhere out on the uh, World Wide Web and the Internet or in one of our apps. We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So that's another great place to get the show. Uh, we're also available on the Amazon Echo Smart Speakers as of now because Spreaker has a skill on the Amazon Echo. So you can get us over there. We have our own listening apps on Android and iOS. So there's lots of places you, you can get us Um and you should do so if you get the opportunity to check it out and you like the the program. It's always great to have you along. But I'm also joined by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining me. Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here as always and uh, happy to talk about one of my favorite topics, podcasting. Yes. We're going to get in the weeds a little bit today. Hopefully not too far down like what you know, roots or anything like that, but but I think we're going to talk about some very kind of um, somewhat mechanical things about the Spreaker platform th- this week and kind of how things work. I think there's always a bunch of questions, especially if you're a new podcaster, if you're a new content creator on the platform about kind of some basic things. So we kind of wanted to run through those this week. And as you heard at the top of the show, um, we're going to talk about some simple steps to get your podcast podcast started on Spreaker, and and then we're also going to roll into talking about kind of what you experience as you're growing your show, Um, and what I'm talking about is plays versus downloads, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about live as well, and then uh, how to get your show into iHeartRadio, which is a very popular platform, and there's only a couple uh, of players in the podcasting space that allow you to get over there into iHeart in a systematic way that you can know it actually you're following the rules and you're doing what you need to do to get there. So, so Alex, let's just jump into uh, talking about you know some basic things that you need to think about. We've talked a, uh, about how to start a podcast in the past, but this is a little bit more specific to what you need to do on the Spreaker platform to get started podcasting. So really, it's uh, it's really simple right out of the gate. Uh, go in, sign up, create an account, whether it's a free account or a paid account, you know, it's a pro plan or whatever, and um, just become familiar with, with, with the platform, uh, play around with things, kind of explore, spend a little time just clicking on links and and seeing what's there and reading and, and just kind of uh, get yourself oriented to the uh, the tools uh, and just make it like a safari adventure, right, Alex? Just get in there and kind of look around, spend a good half an hour checking it out. And, and <laughs> after you've so created you, your account, it's like a safari. There, there's all sorts of big game animals in there that you need to become familiar with. What was your experience, that's, kind of, kind of when you first got started, Alex? That's that's a good analogy, I guess. It was more, it was like guerrilla warfare, I guess, when I got yes. started. Yes, because I didn't have the luxury. I didn't. I'm trying to think when I got started, I don't think you had the spree. I don't think you were doing Spreaker live show then. Right. 
because I'm talking like five, six years ago now. No, no, but no. Yeah, I, I haven't been doing it that long. Yeah, right. So when I got started, I did start with uh, Spreaker. I dabbled with some others, but I really did a, a ham-fisted job at Best Rob. I started, like many users, started with the app, and I didn't have a great phone at the time. It yeah. was a subpar phone, so the sound quality wasn't really good, and then I started playing with Spreaker Studio on my laptop once I got mm-hmm. a decent microphone and started upgrading and just playing with it. And that's actually, you know, one of the ways that uh, we met, Rob. I don't think we've ever talked about our origins, but I used to do a Spreaker Studio show. Now, this is when Spreaker Studio was constantly being updated, right? Remember, they had different permeations of it. Yeah. And, and it went, yeah, it was like, you know, first we had the web version, which I loved. I thought that was one of the big draws to Spreaker. But then they had the Spreaker Studio, which I still tell people, Rob, by the way, to this day, yeah, Audacity's cool and everything, but some people don't want to learn that crap. You can just yeah. use Spreaker Studio, and it's so much easier. And they go, well, I don't know. How do I use Audacity to play music? Well, Spreaker Studio does it. Anyway. I'm all over the place, but that's how I got started. I, I just said, I'm going to learn this, you know, however I can. And I did take some tutorials online. Like a lot of people will, I got familiar with some of the other, like the Daniel J. Lewis's and things, but Rob, I really didn't take a whole lot of time researching beforehand. I just kind of jumped in. And once I started using Spreaker studio, I, I became pretty good at it because I kept with every new release, I would do a show on that the podcast, which is now dead, folks, don't go there. I haven't done a show in a long time because I'm doing this show with you um, that, you know, it was it was not maybe not the best way, Rob, because I made a lot of mistakes along the way. So it's good for people to have shows like this and other shows. There's other people who do these types of things to uh, kind of get the groundwork before you start, because I, I it's and I'll shut up in a minute. But I think it's hard when you first get started, even on Spreaker, which makes it very easy. I think it's hard when you do a show and nobody's listening in the beginning and you think, what am I doing wrong here? Like, you know, yeah. that's one of the uh, I, I guess you would say drawbacks of, uh, you know, starting a show when it's really, really easy and you just turn the microphone on, how much prep did you do? Um, it might set the bar low for some people. But uh, I know for myself, uh, it was pretty low. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and listen to some of my first shows, Rob, uh, audio quality wasn't good, long pauses, um, and I was nervous. I mean, I could hear it in my own voice. I'm a lot more confident on the mic uh, than, than I am. I mean, I don't yeah, want to listen gets, to one, so I'm not going to direct it. gets better over yeah. time. You know, it's like uh, riding a bike or getting on roller skates or something like that. You're going to get better at it the more you do it, and it's the same same kind of thing. Sure. So if you're if you're new to this, just you know, give yourself a break, set back, and and just take it one step at a time. I mean, there's no rush to get it perfect right out of the gate because, just like Alex said, there's nobody listening in the beginning usually. Um, I mean, unless you're a big, right. big, big celebrity or something like that, and you've got a lot of attention coming your way because you're getting behind a microphone. But most people build these shows slowly over time, and that's kind of how it works for most people that start a podcast. So. And that's perfectly fine, and that's normal. So you don't have to be all freaked out that you don't have 10,000 listeners at the second episode because very few shows uh, accomplish that, even even some of the biggest shows out there. I mean, I I was uh, contacted when Mr. Adam Carolla started his show back in 2009. 
uh, he didn't have that many listeners right out of the gate either. So, I mean, maybe a thousand or two or something like that with his first episode. But for him, you would think you'd get a lot more, right? To a guy like that, a thousand listeners is, is equivalent to like 10 for you and I. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same kind of analogy, right? Um, so it's, you know, don't be too freaked out about it. Uh, just getting started. And really, I mean, with the Spreaker platform, it's really as simple as just uh, becoming familiar with the interface. And to uh, create a show in the platform, you go into the CMS system, and there's a little button that you just click on the page there that says create a show, and it takes you through a wizard that helps you build that show out. And then once you've built it out and you've got your artwork up there and your metadata and it, and then you click a, a button at the top of the page called Create. And it's really just a tab that gives you the options that gives you access to the software or the web or a recorder that's still up there, uh, the Speaker Studio um, desktop or uh, mobile apps are linked to right there. Or you can just upload an MP3 file right up through that Create button um, in, in the main navigation area in the upper part of the of the website. So uh, it's really that simple to just put content up there. And then you can also build your RSS feed. Uh, Just after you've created your show, go into your show page, um, go into custom RSS. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to set it to a a manual setting, not an auto setting would be my, my recommendation. And that gives you access to the the full um, iTunes tags that you can populate with metadata and just make sure that you have your your categories picked out of uh, what what the topic of your show is. Let's say it's a sports program or something like that. Make sure that you've selected the sports category or um, just make sure it's categorized properly for what the kind of show that you're creating. And then just populate all the metadata. Just make sure that um, your description and your uh, smaller description is in there as well. So there's two different descriptions. There's like the full-size description and then there's like a sub-smaller description that iTunes um, kind of asks you for. And then what you also need to do is go into your show page on Spreaker and you, you also populate that page with your, and with your show description, you set your, your publishing calendar. You also upload your artwork. Uh, Let's say your square cover art image gets dropped into that page. Plus there's a header image, kind of like what Facebook has. You can upload a much larger graphic as well onto that page and just fill out all of the, all of the form fields that you have to edit your show page. There's uh, also another important thing to do that a lot of podcasters forget to do as well, is just make sure that you've built out your show experience on Spreaker, built out completely in your RSS feed. So when you're ready to submit it to iTunes or Stitcher or other listening platforms, that you're, you've got all of your fields and all your form areas populated so all those platforms have all of the food that they need to to digest and get your information into those ecosystems. Um, so it's really, really important. And then once you've kind of got all that set up, then let me throw in one last piece. If you are coming from another hosting platform and you already have an RSS feed, you can use the feed. Uh, it's like an importer tool that, that we have in the platform as well. It's in that create area as well that you can... Uh, just cut and paste that uh, existing RSS feed that you have with all your episodes and import all those into Spreaker. So you can do that as well. Uh, and then the 
the kind of the the next major step is the distribution side, which you need to set up your social networks. You know where you want to auto share this to, whether it be um, Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram platform, um, and and we'll talk about this a little bit later as being able to share your episodes with iHeartRadio. Plus, once you get your RSS feed, you can submit externally to iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and. And that will; those three will get you pretty much um, to 90% of the listening apps out there. Um, and then the last one is, or actually mostly the, the last one, is the measurement part. So you have access to see how many people are listening. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about plays versus downloads here in a minute too. But that's the information that you're going to get. And then... One other thing I wanted to mention, too, is kind of part of this process as well, is you will get access to a web embeddable audio player that you'll be able to export the code out of there. And we have a question later in the show that we're going to talk about embedded players into the Wix platform. Um, but you will be able to embed a um, episode list and a player into your website that you own, your .com that you have um, that that you have as a home base for your show, or if you have a blog or whatever, you'll be able to publish all your episodes over on that uh, page as well. So that's also available in the the CMS tool and also on your show page as well. So you'll be able to get access to all that kind of stuff. So Alex, any other thoughts on important things that maybe I left out there that uh, might be important for uh, for a new show creator to think about? Well, you asked about the category, so I pulled it up as you were speaking. So we had, uh, you said the title, the subtitle, and then the summary, Mm -hmm. right? You were telling people to make sure they fill all those out. That's it. It's a summary. Summary, right. Which is, you know, the slightly longer, you know, uh, description. Uh, But also, Rob, just I'm glad I looked that up because I went here. And one thing that, you know, I know we talk about using keywords and things like that all the time on the shows. But also the iTunes categories, right? You have the Spreaker has categories, but there's also iTunes categories. So make sure that you select... Um, all three, because there's a total of three. I know some people won't do that, uh, and it just puts you in a higher ranking for those, uh, obviously, those categories. But also, I noticed, and I'm glad I popped in here, the Google Play option. I don't know if we've t- talked about this before, but now just with not just iTunes, but there's the Google Play yeah. um, manual editing of the RSS feed. We don't talk about Google Play much because, frankly, I don't know many people who are getting a lot of plays from Google Play. Um, but it's here. And so people, I think should go ahead and fill that out as well. I mean, this just only has, it's limited. It has a description and one category for Google, but you know, it doesn't hurt. Right, Rob. Um, but I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing that before. Maybe that's something I missed in the updates. Well, I think what we're going to see over time is that more of these, um, these platforms, um, like Google play and iTunes and, and possibly in the future, Spotify and other listening platforms are going to want to have unique tags for separate feeds for them. Uh, and it's something that we, we are working on right now of, of being able to support um, kind of custom needs for these various listening platforms. Though most of them will still support the standard RSS tags, but they're starting to move into wanting to have kind of their, their own custom kind of experiences. Like, like TuneIn has a different size artwork requirement than than iTunes has and Google Play has a different size than iTunes has and um, they all pretty much support the same common standard size of 1400 by 1400 but 
um, there's becoming more and more pressure for um, the platforms like Spreaker and others to support custom RSS feeds for each of these platforms. And so we may come into a time when we have a separate unique feed that goes to Spotify or a separate unique feed that goes to iTunes and a separate one that goes to Google. And I mean, you see where, where that's going because they, they all want to have their own little secret sauce of metadata um, and image sizes and all this kind of stuff um, for their own kind of listening platforms and their own listening experiences that they want to create that's unique from others. Um, so that's a trend line that's happening as well. Now, granted, if you go into the tools now and you create everything within the Spreaker tools that that we have today published out there, you're going to have any, you're not going to have any problems getting into all the platforms and being compliant with all those platforms. This is kind of a long term trend that I'm talking about about how these platforms are starting to differentiate themselves. More and more of these platforms are going to have uh, reporting APIs that will plug back into Spreaker that um, will will offer stats from those platforms as well. It's kind of like the, the relationship that we established early on with iHeartRadio, where we submit um, over to them and then we get um, stats on playback that, that report back into the Spreaker platform directly from iHeartRadio. It's not like a server log kind of thing, which is what we typically have with like an iTunes or a Stitcher or, or those kind of things. We're getting a direct data feed back from from that platform. So that's going to happen more and more as well as we see this medium kind of develop and, and mature. Um, there's going to be more data linkages between these big platforms. Um, so, Well, it sounds like a lot of these companies have gotten a little wiser or just sick of being iTunes' bitch, right? And they're like, well, hey, we're going to have our own format so we can get our information. No, really. So they can get their data and not have to rely on iTunes being the only, you know, yeah. the barometer, really, of what flies. And if you, we'll tell you what we tell you, and you'll take it and you'll like it. And if you don't like it, you know, go somewhere else where no one well, will listen. as more and more competitors come into the podcasting space to compete against iTunes and Apple, <clears throat> it's going to force Apple to maybe – acquiesce a little bit to sharing more data and and we're starting to see a little bit of glimmer of that here hopefully before the end of the year apple will start disclosing a little bit more detail a more complete picture of the of the consumption that's happening via the uh, the apple podcast listening platform um, especially the data around how many people are listening to um, the episodes after they've been downloaded which we haven't known that information in the past uh, or actually, we don't even know it today. So that would be something that will, it's kind of like a crack in the disclosure. You know, Apple's been very private. That very, might hurt oh, a lot of shows. It might. And it's going to also, I think, cause some shows to be a little bit more highly valued, too, because they're going to, um, those episodes got listened to a lot. But if there's right. a lot of shows that have a lot of downloads that maybe it's not mapping to an actual listen you know which i think happens a fair amount if you think about it i think a lot of people subscribe to shows but they don't listen to every episode um that gets downloaded to their computers that's going to cause a little bit of heartache for some shows that i i agree with you alex I think every single iTunes user at some point, I don't care if it's on your phone or your laptop or your Mac, 
have said, you know, why am I, why is iTunes taking up so much space? And then you go look and there's, you know, four or five podcasts that you thought were, you know, you were going to change your life that weekend, right, Rob? It was some motivational thing. You're going to, it was a new diet or whatever. And you subscribed and you never listened to it once. And and you've got 30 episodes hogging up your iTunes hard drive space. And I, sometimes I had three or four shows like that, never listened to one flipping show. So I go, oh, delete them all, unsubscribe, and then I subscribe to another four or five that I'll never listen to next week. But, yeah. but you know, there's a fair amount that I do listen to, right? There's a fair amount yeah. I listen to the, the whole thing. But what's going to happen to some of these bigger shows that are big names and a lot of people subscribed initially – Maybe they had a good run initially and nobody's listening a couple of years later or months later or weeks later. Maybe they had a, a very popular guest on or something and that was it. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I have a feeling it might level the playing field for some of the smaller people who actually get listens and downloads. We can see it in our hate mail because they, they – you, know you know they're listening to what you're saying when they call you out on your show and say, hey, yeah, you said this. Well, here, here – you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So anyway, could equally impact smaller shows too. I mean, it's it's not just the the impact of this isn't necessarily going to be exclusive to really big shows. It, it's going to impact small shows too, and it may it may ultimately impact small shows in a much more severe way. Um, so we'll see. I know we're going to talk about in a little bit plays versus downloads, but that's why I would prefer a play versus a download, in my opinion, yeah. because I know they had to play it. They had to click the play button. Plays are more valuable than downloads, I, I guess, at the end of the – I mean, once this change happens with Apple, that that's going to be what points to me is that I think plays are going to be viewed as – maybe more important than a download but you know it's not quite as simple as that either because currently a lot of plays are downloads so you know it's kind of especially if you think about um, rss right if your episode is being made available as an mp3 download via an rss there's a lot of players out there that um, do on-demand playback of uh, downloaded media files so our and they will actually stream those MP3 files as though they're being streamed on a streaming server, but they're actually being downloaded as they're being uh, listened to. So, you know, this distinction between downloads and plays gets a little gray. It's not a clear line of distinction between what a download is and what a play is. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it gets a little muddy in the water. But the perception is, is that plays could be more valuable. But then at what point in that play experience does it get counted? You know, is it the first two minutes? Is it the first minute? Is it three minutes? You know, it's it's um, that's also another question mark as well. Let's roll into talking about plays versus downloads on Spreaker. I mean, if you have an account on Spreaker and you go into your analytics and you look at your um your audience, uh, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see, actually, you're going to see three things. You're going to see uh, live. If you're doing live, you're going to see some live numbers. You're going to see plays, uh, and then you're going to see downloads. Those are going to be the the main kind of breakout points that the the bar charts and the the numbers actually show in there. And then there's time spent listening, which is another um, metric that we have in the analytics or the back end um, tracking of audiences. Uh, and that's how much time people are listening to plays essentially is what that is. Um, and it's, you know, if I think about this show, it's, it's about half. Um, if I look at 
time spent listening, and I, I divide that time spent listening into the number of episodes that have been played, it's about half. So what it tells me is that the median listening of this show is about half of the episode. So you get, you know, you get a, um, it's probably front loaded up to the beginning of the show, up to the middle part of the show. So there's more people listening to the first half of the show than are listening to the back half of the show is essentially what you're seeing with a time spent listening number that's like right in the middle. Um, because then you're losing, the longer you do your show, the more audience that you're typically losing in the listening experience, whether it be downloads or plays. Um, but what is some shows, if you go and you look at the speaker platform and you, you'll see this, if you go in and you do any kind of a search and you're looking, f- uh, um, for a topic to listen to, and you look at a bunch of different shows and you look at their numbers, if they're making their numbers publicly available, you can actually see this dynamic. Cause I've seen it as well. Is that some shows have more plays than they have downloads. And there's a reason for that. And then there's other shows that have more downloads than they have plays, and there's reasons for that. And then there's other shows like this particular show, the Speaker Live show, that has pretty much equal plays to downloads. So there's reasons for why those things are happening. Alex, can you speculate on why there might be more plays than downloads in with a show on Spreaker? Yeah, I, I think because of the distribution, I think that helps. I mean, I, you know, I get a lot of my different... Yeah. Uh, a lot of the different sources, or I talk about this all the time, are on YouTube and iHeartRadio if you're on there and iTunes and Stitcher and what's the other one? There's a bunch. Um, yeah. And some that I, I you know, I don't even know of that just kind of pick them up. There's one at Podcast Movement, a, a group of guys that had a new app. I was like, oh, I haven't heard of this. It's called CastBox. Well, lo and behold, I was even on, I was on there, right? They picked up the RSS feed, f- however. Probably um, from Apple's catalog. Probably from Apple's catalog. From Apple's catalog, they yeah, yeah. they pillaged it. So they there's a bunch yeah. of different one. Acast is another one. Overcast. Um, I actually believe it or not, I get pick, uh, plays from my Tumblr page because I embed all my shows on Tumblr. So there's there is a time where I said, do I even need to put this stuff on Tumblr? And I'm glad I do. Not a lot, but some people just prefer to get the update on Tumblr. They listen there. I mean, the top ones obviously are. YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes for me. But yeah. I get a lot more plays than downloads, and I think it's because I'm on every flipping platform out there. Yeah. I distribute it everywhere. Um, but a lot of people don't, Rob, and we've talked about how people don't even put it on iTunes, for God's sake. So is it even a podcast? But they'll just have it on the Spreaker platform. Now, I think if you're just on the Spreaker platform, you're definitely going to have more plays because a lot of Spreaker users are used to just going and playing it through the website. And I think yeah. that it would count as a play even through the apps, right? So, Well, if you're um, getting any any distribution um, externally to Spreaker off of not on the Spreaker apps or not on the website or not on the smart speakers from Amazon, you're going to get plays racked up. Okay, if you're getting lots of plays, those are mainly happening on the Spreaker platform. But if you're getting uh, lots of downloads, those are happening externally. Those are happening in the, the iTunes and the Stitchers and those type of platforms. That's where the downloads live. But, uh, yeah. well, not YouTube, right? Because they're not counting YouTube as a download. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if you're that would yeah, be the one, yeah. yeah, if you're on a streaming platform like iHeart, I guess that would be reported back in as a play. You're right. As a play. Uh, yeah. And then YouTube would qualify as a play, I guess. 
But most of the right. podcasts, although now most, most of the podcast listening platforms that use RSS, that's going to trigger the number count and downloads. The, what I was going to say though, but now Rob, we know right. If you pay for YouTube Red, I think it is. You can actually download it through YouTube <clears throat> and download now. I guess so. I don't know. What, I don't know even how that would work. I guess that would be a download really? or play. I don't even know. Yeah, if you pay for the new, it's YouTube Red. I think it is, and you can actually yeah. download the videos from YouTube. Uh, I don't know oh. if it's worth it because there's other ways to download the video if you really want it. Right. So, Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know about other people, Rob, I hate to hammer this. I hate to hammer it. And I know we have a comment about YouTube that you'll get to in a minute, but I have found very good success on YouTube. So if you don't have a lot of plays and you're looking to maybe get them up, people, just send it out to YouTube. It doesn't hurt, you know? Just spend the time to create an account if you don't already have one at YouTube and then toggle it on the Spreaker platform and it does it automatically. You don't have to go and upload it and do all this fancy stuff. It'll put a placeholder. It'll take the title and even the keywords. You don't have to do anything, Rob. It'll just yeah. go out and, and send it out, as you know. The, the only thing I would say, it does help if you change the thumbnail sometimes, right, to, to whatever the topic is, a photo or a, or a text or whatever it's going to be. But other than yeah. that, it's very simple, and you, you might see your plays go up because it's a huge search engine. That's why I use it, Rob, because I see a big boost if it's a timely uh, Story, topic, right? for or example. Topic, yeah. yeah, you know, because people are searching for it, and they go, oh, what's this jackass Alex Exum have to say about it? Let me give him a second here, and I get a play out of it. You know? yeah. so, works yep. for me. You know, If yep. I get one more listener that way, it doesn't hurt me. Yeah, and then, Alex, what if a show has equal plays to downloads? Is that that the holy grail that we should be shooting for? I don't know, Rob, because I, I'm not 100% sold on downloads yet. And the only reason is because we don't know if they're actually downloading for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Or, but, or listen to, you mean, right? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, did I get that right? I think, yeah. Okay. What I'm trying to get at here <laughs> is... I think the numbers are still are a little deceiving. We don't know the whole picture, like 100% yet. I tend to think, and I, I might be proven wrong later, that a play for me, it seems like it works more in my favor because I'll see comments, and I'm assuming if they're commenting and referencing things I've said, they had to listen to the whole thing. And I don't get as many, this is just a side issue, but I don't get many uh, reviews in iTunes, right, is where most of my downloads come from. When I look at the numbers, so mm, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if people are, is in, let's, let's say this, maybe downloaders just aren't engaged. Maybe they're listening. I don't know. I, I can't tell, but maybe they're just not as engaged as the downloaders aren't as engaged as the listeners. I don't know why, but maybe because they've have it in front of them right there at the time, Rob. And yeah. if you say something they're interested in, they can just click comment, the comment button. And if they're downloading it, yeah. They don't, you know, they could be on their phone. They don't want to open up your web page or, you know what I'm saying? Or Playing a download does uh, separate you from any kind of an interface that would allow you to provide feedback. Uh, it's, it's not yeah. as easy to write a comment if you're listening to a download than you are listening off of the Spreaker website. And, so. and Rob, I was asking for comments on iTunes and I wasn't getting many. And I was like, why am I not, you know, why are people like reviewing my show? Because it helps to get up there, right? If you get like four or five stars, it helps sure. for your show to be viewed. Um, and you have to actually have a certain amount of uh, reviews or um, comments, as you know, to have anything show up at all. So anyway, it's really kind of strange. But I was like, why am I not getting any? I keep asking for this. Nobody's reviewing it. Then I went to go and see how the process was on my own show. I, 
I couldn't even figure it out for my own flip. I'm like, how the hell do I call it? I mean, like, I wasn't going to like comment on my own show, but I wanted to make it easy for them. I, I think I was even going to tweet the link out. I couldn't figure it out. So I finally had to hunt it down and like I have it on my Tumblr page. I should probably have it on my website. But it's not like the easiest thing in the world to comment on a podcast on iTunes. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this. But yeah. when I tried to like find it to make it easy for my listeners, I was like, I mean, I'll, here, I'll pull it up right now uh, just to help people because I'm telling you it's not that easy. Uh, yeah. Have you tried, Rob? Okay, you have. I have in the past. I don't do it very often. It certainly is easier to comment on the Spreaker website if you go to SpreakerLiveShow.com and and go to the comment area. Um, it's it's right there and easy to do as long as you're logged in. You can you can comment. And I think that's the key is that you have to be really connected with the platform that you're listening um, to get that level of of communication, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of these sites and a lot of these platforms um, require you to have an account and you have to log in and you have to be in there. If you're just playing this stuff and out, you know, anonymously, you don't typically get access to the ability to provide feedback or comments or reviews or anything like that. So it does add a layer, well, but yeah. I, and I mean, primarily on your phone, I guess, because if you're on yeah. your web browser, it's, a, it's quite a bit easier, but just real quick, I'm going to run this down because I had to pull it up here. How to leave an iTunes rating or review from your iPhone or iPad. So we're not talking Windows here. Launch yeah. Apple's podcast app. Uh, tap the search tab. Enter the name of the podcast you want to rate or review. Tap the blue search key at the bottom right. Tap the album art for the podcast. Tap the reviews tab. Tap write the review at the bottom. I mean, it just goes on and on. Type in your, your <laughs> iTunes password and log in. Tap the stars to leave a rating. Enter the title and text of the comment you want to write. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's spinning out of control. I'm getting dizzy. The more you're talking, right. I can't handle it. <laughs> so when I went to go do it on my phone, I went, are you kidding me? Yeah, how much time in the day do you need to comment on a podcast episode, right? By the time you get to it, you're aggravated. You're giving me a one-star review. <laughs> It's not even your fault. It's Apple's fault. Yeah, that's right. Jeez. People do it, though, don't they? I guess it's really a gauge of engagement. Or a gauge of engagement. Yes, it's a gauge of engagement. (laughs) There you go. That works. (laughs) See, I was stumbling over my words there for a second. But, but yeah, I mean, it's – so I kind of like the idea of having a show that has equal plays to downloads. I kind of, you know, it – it, it it feels comforting, Alex. It feels like uh, you know I'm being embraced by a warm blanket. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about balance, right? Balance, yes. It's it's feng shui is what it is, right? Or it's uh, what's the Japanese term for that? The balance of the of nature. But anyway, yin and yang. Yin and yang. That's that's exactly right. If I had too many downloads, I'd be like eh, I'm missing out on something. I'm where the place. If I had too many plays, I'd be saying, where are the downloads? I don't know where they are. Well, I need to gain those. We'll, we'll find out. I guess we'll find out what's the most valuable one, and then we'll wish it was either plays or downloads. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. I don't know how you change that, right? How do you change it? How, how, no, don't don't play it. I want you to download it. Or that's down, right. Don't, don't download it. Stop that. Do don't, don't click that download button. Go over here and click play. <laughs> It's yeah, a, you know, they're going to do what they want. Yeah, exactly. Given I, that, I say one other thing, real quick. I got to okay, say this one okay. thing because I know other other lists. I was thinking about this when we were talking. Listeners out there of podcasts, 
are screaming this at us right now, not necessarily podcasters who, you know, do what we do. But listeners of podcasts would say, I like playing it because it eats up the data. It eats up the not only the bandwidth, but the actual hard drive of my phone or my lap. So I know they're all like, no, I like plays. I prefer plays because downloads just take up too much time bandwidth, that type of thing. I know that they're saying that listeners of podcasts. I know they are like, no, no, no. Plays are better. So, well, at the end of the day, I think most, most podcast listeners don't really care that there's a difference between a download and a play. They just typically, I mean, I mean, I think that you're right from the perspective of they're conscious of their, their memory on their smartphones. I think that's what causes them to, to care. Right. And, but other than that, they just would like to get access to the content as easy as as possible, right? It's most convenient. Yeah, right. and, and plays are pretty darn convenient. You just tap your screen with your finger or whatever, and, and you get access to the content. Where subscriptions, you got to go in and you got to tap a button, then you got to wait for it to download, and and then you have to click another button to play it after it downloads, and then you have to set your subscription settings and, you know, that kind of thing. And then you have to go in and unsubscribe if you don't want to listen to it anymore. There's just a lot more steps to the whole download part than there is to just click play. Get it over with. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. Yes. So so anyway, I think we can move on from this play versus download paradigm of confliction and controversy and confusion. We can't have that. So let's let's talk about getting your show into iHeartRadio. Uh, so if you have a show and you want to get into the iHeartRadio listening platform, um, Spreaker enables you to do that through our content management system, our CMS. So with every account, um, you just go in uh, to the CMS system uh, inside of your show that you've created in the platform and then click on the iHeartRadio um, tab on the left column of your CMS system. And once you've loaded the that page for iHeartRadio, there's a big red button at the top left of the page that says submit to iHeartRadio. Click that button with your mouse. I know it's it's a it's it's good exercise for that index finger. So go ahead and click on that. It'll pop up a little message to you. It'll say to be accepted, your show needs there's a whole list of stuff, Alex. You can see it there. It's probably uh, it's it's a pretty ex- exhaustive list. It says you need a title for your show, and it needs a short description. There needs to be an image, which you have to have in order to even have a podcast, and it needs to be included in a category, at least a category, one category, and ideally you would at least have to have five public episodes. So that's one of the correct requirements. And the last episode needs to be less than two weeks old. So you need to be currently publishing and you need to have it had at least five episodes. So what do you think about those requirements, Alex? Yeah, pretty simple. I, I will say this because I know we've had some people who have had uh, limited success um, getting on there. And uh-huh. I know you said that might change, you know, that type of thing. I, I would well, just it's say easier this, now on than it used to be. It's easier now than it used to okay. be. Yeah, it's easier. Well, I, I just will say this because I know some people were kind of upset that they didn't get on there. And, oh, my gosh, maybe that's why I'm not getting listens and nobody's listening or whatever. Um, I wouldn't put too much uh, worth, I, I would say. And don't get me wrong. It's a great platform. I like iHeartRadio. I listen to a ton of radio, actually. Not many podcasts, but a ton of radio on iHeartRadio. Uh, 
And I didn't see a huge spike in my numbers when I got on iHeartRadio. I've been on there for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I got on there initially, like when I fir- when it first started, right, Rob? Like when they said, oh, we're going to iHeart. I was one of the first people who submitted, I think. Yeah. I was pretty quick. And I was – Two weeks went by before I even knew I was on there. I didn't know I was on there. And I looked all of a sudden I was. So I I don't know how much success people are going to have there because it's not primarily a podcasting platform. They are pushing it now more. But especially in the beginning, I couldn't even find my podcast on there when I was on there. And I had to give people the exact, you know, the direct link because they couldn't find it either just because the algorithm of searching my name and the show name isn't very good. Yeah. it's yeah. gotten better. But so I, I'm just saying, it's, it, try, get on there. I, I'm not trying to poo poo iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, please don't kick me off. But <laughs> at the same time, don't expect to get on there. And the next thing you know, you get 10, 20, 30,000 plays. You know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, Rob? Yeah. It's not like, okay, all right. So just because I know some people are a little bummed when they don't get on there. And I know some yeah. very good shows that are on iHeartRadio. Now, I don't know whether they submitted or not. Yeah. Um, but I know some people have, some of our listeners have, and they haven't gotten on there. So. Yeah, and then there's also some other things too to consider um, before you submitting your show to iHeartRadio um, that you probably need to get in place um, to help you have a better chance of being approved for being inclusion too. And those are also listed in that pop-up that you'll see when you click that big red button for iHeartRadio. Um, I'm not getting that pop up. I think because I'm on there. Like, yeah, it just says you're yeah, you're already on there. On there but if so, you're not on okay. there with a particular show that you're doing, it, you'll get this pop up that that will list all of these requirements that you need to have. Uh, one of the so things Robbie, that they say that you need that would be ideal to have would be to have at least a hundred followers on Spreaker. But Alex, oh. you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I didn't or, know they had that hundred followers. I know I didn't have a hundred followers. I barely have. I've talked about this all the time. No, no offense to Spreaker. I could care less about the followers because that never <laughs> equates to listens for me for some reason. It doesn't really matter. Um, I, the followers just for some reason don't really equate to numbers from what I've seen with other podcasters yeah. on the platform too. But, yeah, well, um, yeah, I think it's more of a suggestion from the standpoint of uh, it helps you have all a, I get. a better chance of being, uh, being approved, right? Because these are human-approved um, submissions. So Right, it's, Okay. The person but, but that's, I, that's accepting him it looks for these kind of things. Gotcha. But what I was going to say, uh, like you asked me, uh, what was I talking about there, was so five episodes, and there's a person watching it, but five episodes? That seems like low. I mean, I would have at least 10, maybe 20 episodes, only because if, you're, if you've done five episodes, how good are those first five episodes? Well, I mean, I that I'd is a good have point. A bit more yeah. to submit. Five seems really low. I'm surprised they said five episodes, but. Well, I mean, you followers? think about it. How are you th- going to do five episodes and get a hundred followers or two hundred followers? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, that's. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, get- as, as a comparison to iTunes or pretty much any other of the podcast listening platforms, you only have to have one episode. So, you know, five is five times that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's and I'll so, give you another example. So here's another example because everyone talks about followers and all this stuff. And I get it. It it helps. It does help because they get notified. But when I look at some of my example, YouTube's a good example. I have just over 5,000 followers or subscribers, right? That's not a whole lot. But the channel has over 2 million views or something like that. So, you know, so, and the same thing with Spreaker. I have, I'll tell you right now, when we go to Spreaker, I have what, 200, what did I say, followers, Rob? Hold on. I'm sorry. Because I think this is important for listeners to – because 
a lot of I see people who go around trying to follow people, thinking that maybe they'll get more followers back. I have two hundred ninety four followers, Rob. That's nothing. I see I see podcasters on here that have like twenty thousand, fifteen thousand followers. You know, but that doesn't equate to the numbers because I get decent numbers. So I don't understand it. it it's really strange the following thing, uh, in my opinion. So why iHeartRadio puts that up higher? Then the number of shows you have seems very weird to me. I, I mean, a hundred. Well, followers, followers is I, really a follower of the user, not so much a follower of the show episode. At least on the Spreaker website. So that makes it even worse. Yeah. Well, this show has about sixty three hundred followers right now. That's good. That's a good number. Yeah, but that's a good know, number. I mean, you know. I mean, that means that when I do a live show, um, that 6,300 people get notified via email that I'm doing a live show. Right. But so I've yeah. seen other Spreaker. I know we're getting in the weeds here again. I'll shut up. But <laughs> I've seen other Spreaker. I'm not going to say their names. I'm not trying to call anyone out. But I've seen other Spreaker users who have 30, 40. I, I mean, if, if people want to go, they can just go to Spreaker.com, click on the, some of the main shows in the main categories that are there that are live, constantly streaming. They have 20, yep. 30, 40,000 followers. But, you know, it doesn't equate to numbers because you look at some of the shows. They, I mean, they might get a couple of hundred, but is that worth thirty or 40,000 followers? I, I don't know. And then I've seen well, other people who – Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean – I don't know. I mean, if you look at this show, we're getting anywhere from 300 to 500 um, downloads and listens per episode. Um, and we've got 6,300 followers. So, um, you know, that's not a – that's not a huge the actual downloads and plays are not a huge percentage of that follower list it's a fairly small because i mean if if you're notified that a live episode is playing you're basically it's going into an email inbox and how right. often do you check that inbox that's the question mark um and, and at that time yeah. Right, and it, well, I mean, on live, the live yeah. side, I mean, you could click on that link and get to the on-demand piece too. But I'm, I'm just not sure that people will click on them if it's promoted as a live broadcast. They may not click on it if it's beyond the time when the live show's on. So you know, how effective that yeah. is at driving listens is uh, is a good question. I will say this: another uh, here we go again, but. I do like it when I see a show is live. I don't know why, but if, if it's on Spreaker and I get the notification, it happened to be free, or I'm on the platform and I see it's live, I happen, I just click on it because I'm like, oh, it's live. It's not pre-recorded because <laughs> we're all used to hearing pre-recorded audio. So I don't know. I have a fancy for live, Rob. It's just a little weird thing about me. People should sure, sure. When I well, see the no. live button, I yeah. click it. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. And then that's why you have so many followers because you're live. Yeah. People like live. You know, it's Maybe. in the name of the show, too. Um, but there are a couple other things that uh, the reviewer are, are going to look for in your program, too. And I'll run through them here. There's like th three kind of uh, main areas. Your show name, images, content should not contain anything uh, in reference to unlicensed material such as music. So it shouldn't have any reference to or orientation towards any any unlicensed material that you don't own yourself. 
uh, or that you don't have the the rights to um, to utilize in your your show name, your images, and your content, uh, whether it's metadata or your graphics. Uh, you just need to make sure. And then your show name, images, and content uh, should not be indecent. Uh, avoid pornography, hate speech, ethnic slurs, slander, or libel type type of content. Um, uh, iHeartRadio has pretty strict regulations on that kind of stuff too. And, and your show is not compliant with one or more of the items checked above. So if, if one of those items ab- ab- above um, that I just ran through uh, you're out of compliance with, then you're going to be denied is really what it comes down to. So, and that's what you'd expect. I mean, yeah, it is. Think, There's I nothing mean, that's not a stretch, yeah. unusual about any of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Spreaker has the same kind of references to to content uh, in our terms of service. Um, you know, in both of those areas. So that's a fairly common. Well, those are fairly common restrictions, really, on any uh, of the large listening platforms. They'll they'll have that same orientation. So that's not anything new or different about iHeartRadio. So um, those are just common common stuff. So anyway, Alex, any other comments on that stuff from you? No, no, I think that's pretty good, Rob. Does that cover it, cover it pretty good? And I guess the the, the last thing I wanted to mention on that iHeartRadio submission thing is be patient. <laughs> right yeah they probably get a ton of submissions yeah. i mean be patient from what i understand things are moving through faster than they have in the past um but you know it still takes a little bit of patience um well let's talk about a couple of comments that we got from listeners from last week's episode brianna wrote us uh with a couple of comments about uh, she's having a hard time embedding her podcast um off a of speaker i'm assuming um, into her Wix.com website. Uh, she's asking for any suggestions. And Alex, I know you use Wix to host some of your website stuff. Uh, what has been your experience yes. with that? There is an issue with that, uh, Brianna, and I've gone through this before. I was uh, going back and forth with the team at Spreaker, and apparently um, I, they don't seem to know what it is. I, I'm not sure if it's even a bug. But what appears to be happening, there's two different codes. One code, if you go in the CMS, is going to ask you to put the one code in the header and then another code where you want the player wherever you want it on the page. As you know, it's a kind of what you see, what you get editor. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. The problem being, as you know, with Wix is you can't edit the editor. It's very limited. You can't edit much with it. So that's the problem with having something that's easy to use. The point being... If you go to your Spreaker page, go to Spreaker.com slash username slash your show without logging in and embed the code from the show holder on the page instead of logging in and going through the CMS, apparently that code works better with Wix. And you'll see it actually appear when you put the code in the player. Now, the problem in Wix, the player in the Wix. And it's just the HTML code that you normally would do with the CMS, but just using it from the embed from your normal show holder without logging in. What the public would basically be able to see and embed it if they wanted to take that code and embed it somewhere else on their blog. Excuse me. Now, sorry, I got a little froggy in my throat. The only other thing I would say is you're not going to have all of the functionality. In other words, if you are a live streamer, if you actually go live, 
you won't be able to set it to autoplay if you're live, which some people would like. Like if you have a radio, internet radio station type thing, you want to put that code on the Wix page. That's a problem because you're not going to be able to have it start when it's if it's streaming live. It's just going to show a play button and they can hit play and it'll go live, obviously, or whatever you have in the on-demand queue. The point being, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt, I get. But if you just simply use the other code... It should work. And if you must have the autoplay, submit a ticket and bother. I believe it's Marco. I've already bothered him before about this. And they'll, they'll look into it further. But I just did a little work around. It seems to work fine on Wix. And that should get you through it. And if it doesn't, let, you know, let me know. Or just email me or tweet me. I'm at uh, – it's uh, alex at alexxm.com or on Twitter at alexxm or Rob. And I'm sure we can help you. Now, I'm not part of the technical team. <laughs> Obviously, it's Spreaker. You might still need to open a ticket, but I can get you through that part so it at least plays on your Wix page because I know it's I know it's frustrating. If you're having the problem where it's showing, um, Brianna, where the code should show and it's just showing your show name in a blue link, that's exactly what happened to me. So I can walk you through that. Yeah, and if you want to reach out to me also with that email, if you want to, uh, if you want to reach out to Alex, uh, you can certainly copy me on it too, and I can I can loop in the the development team here at Spreaker and give you a hand with that too. And my email address is just rob at Spreaker.com, R-O-B at Spreaker.com. So, and that's a great address to send me kind of listener comments too, if, or feedback that we'll use on the program. And Alex has uh, his email address, Alex at AlexXM.com. So you can, you can yep. always use that address to reach out to him as well. And uh, Brianna also asked for, because uh, last week we had talked about sharing the outline that we use for the Speaker Live show um, in the show notes. And I actually, oh, yeah. I, I put a link to it in last week's show notes. So it's there. You just got to look for the, the link to it. I didn't actually cut and paste the whole outline in the show notes. I just put a link to it that links over to my OneDrive. So, or actually Google Google Docs, so you should be able to get access to it directly from the, the Google Doc that we use, that mm-hmm. Alex and I share. So uh, that's right. the answer to that question. So you can get over there. Tamara Ford also uh, wrote us again. Uh, she does the, sh- the Shelf Addiction podcast. Uh, she's basically given up on YouTube, Alex. She says, no more sharing on YouTube for me until further notice. I'm disgruntled with YouTube and my podcast. Uh, YouTube has shut down my account for no reason. They apparently hate my clean podcast about books to TV. LOL. So, yeah, I what's going on that. with that? I, mean, I want. I don't know. I, I want to know more about that. If you want to maybe fill us in, I'd love to hear it in an audio comment, of course. But yes. if you want to shoot us an email or just put another comment in this show, I'd love to hear. I've heard of this before, obviously. I've had my issues with YouTube as well, and they've tried to not shut down my channel, but I've fought them on every issue I've had, copyright infringement or whatever it was. Uh, sometimes it's music from a, a show that they're hit me with. So I, I've had issues with YouTube, but I fight everything and I respond to all the emails because I don't want them to shut down my channel. I sure. wonder what they did to you though, Tamara, because I, I mean, I know that you do, like you said, you do a clean show about bucks from what I know. So I, I can't imagine what the heck you said to, to irk them. I know that if you, I don't know if you were monetizing your 
shows, but that sometimes can give you a little bit higher visibility on them wanting to take a look at your content and see if it's monetizable. And they, so they go, oh, we don't know about the content type thing. But for them to just shut down your channel and say, that's strange. Now, you said TV. TV books and books. And Those TV. are both both copy, so, copyrighted material. So, Well, I don't know how you could – I don't know what she's doing about a book. How are how, uh, how, yeah. you talking about a book? But I know. You should be able I'm to talk about a book. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Freedom of speech. But I'm wondering about a television and is she playing audio clips because Sony – Famous, famously sued me for a video I did on Interstellar, the film Interstellar, and there's a little Rob, it's ridiculous, right? I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. There's a audio clip of them saying, or it's actually in the movie, Matthew McConaughey's talking to the teacher of his child about the moon landing, and the teacher says, oh, well, it was a hoax, and we know it was done to bankrupt the Russians, and you know we've corrected the history books to reflect that. Yeah. And I said, wait, what, what the heck? Why did they put this in a movie? This is a big conspiracy theory. Who the heck? Because this is a very intelligent director who directed Interstellar. At any rate, I put a, that audio clip, Rob, not even the video. I say, hey, did anybody else catch this? Here's the clip. It's like a minute and 30 seconds of the actor's dialogue. No video. And then I came up with my commentary on the end. What do you think? Video did very well. Guess what? They try to shut it down. They're suing me. I'm filling out forms. We're going to court. This is litigation. It's scaring the living hell out of me. This shit, everything. I mean, they're vicious and then what you find out in the end, Tamara and Rob, <clears throat> they didn't even look at the damn video, right? Their algorithm picked it up. It said, oh, this is our movie, even though it's audio and not video. And they almost literally shut down the not even just the channel, but they were saying if this copyright infringement is deemed that I'm doing this and the video's wrong and blah, 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 you could get damages and we're shutting down your channel and, you know, you're going to hell. And I mean, you, they scare the crap out of you. So, I, yeah. I mean – I understand why people sometimes don't want to reply, but you got to reply to them because they'll just arbitrarily agree with whoever hit you with a copyright infringement. I'm assuming that's what it was if it was some TV thing. Yeah. And they, 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 they will. They'll, they'll shut down the videos first. Then they'll just shut down the channel if you get three strikes. So if you got three strikes and you didn't reply, they'll shut it down. They will. They will. So that's why you got to fight everything you get, Tamara. But I, I, I'm going to go – well, I can't now, but I'll go listen to your podcast. I, I, that's the only way I can get it. It's on YouTube now. But I'll go listen. And I mean I can't imagine what she's doing, Rob. That, that, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. That's the weird one. Tamara does not seem like she'd be the one to get sh shut down. Me, on the other hand, oh, yeah. They try to <laughs> shut my butt down for shows I've done. But I don't talk about television and books, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean I – I mean, just based on what's happening here and what she's she's told us, that's that's the most likely scenario. I you think. know what I just thought of, Rob? Yeah. Maybe she's reading excerpts of books. Uh, that could be. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Or she's reading parts of the book and discussing it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I mean, I you should really be able think. to do that. I mean, that's... that's right. It's free, that's that is fair use. somewhat fair use doctrine, but maybe fair use is not deemed as uh, fair anymore. So we'll see. It's a, it's, it is a fine line. Fair use is a fine line. They get weird about it. Tamara, thanks for the, the, the comment here. We definitely want to hear back from you on this just to get a little more clarity so we have an idea of what's going on. We can share that with the audience. So hopefully other people can avoid this uh, calamity as well. So, and Brianna, thank you for your comment as well. Hopefully that, that fixes your um, issue with Wix. Uh, let us know also uh, if that was helpful um, and if you were 
uh, able to get your your embed um, into Wix, and and we can share that strategy with our audience as well. So thank you so much, and Alex, thank you so much for doing the show with me this, again this week. I appreciate you it. You betcha. My pleasure as always. And uh, you can certainly send a comment or a question to to me, Rob at Spreaker dot com. Uh, please give us a rating and a comment review in iTunes. Jump through all those hoops for us. We definitely we will appreciate it. Um, it may be easier just to go to speakerliveshow.com and uh, give us your comment right there too. So feel free to do that as well. We definitely want to hear from you and have you back listening to the Speaker Live Show next uh, Wednesday at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from speakerliveshow.com. And uh, thank you so much and have a great rest of your week. Thank <laughs> you.